Funding for Elwood City Limits is brought to you by Facebook. Facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits. Twitter. At ECL Podcast. Tumblr. ElwoodCityLimits.tumblr.com. Email. ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com. And by contributions from listeners like you. Literally at ElwoodCityLimits.Libson.com. Thank you. Cha-ching, cha-ching, baby. Well, Lucas, I guess, uh, I guess this year, our beloved, uh, our beloved uh, nation didn't take home uh, the hockey gold, at least, uh, at least for the men. No, and and we actually didn't do too great in a lot of our big events, I'm to believe. I haven't watched a lot of the Winter Olympics this year because I don't have cable. I would if I did. Um, we did, however, win the first ever medal. In gold medal in women's and men's mixed curling, so sweet. I mean, it, it, curling's not not necessarily the sport you put on the cover, but I, it's still something that we like to hang our hats on as Canadians. You know, That's an right. ice ice sport and all that. It's curling's hard. I try. I remember I tried to uh, like I went to a local curling rink and tried to do it when I was younger. It's very slippery and it's not easy at all. Tossing the rock. You know, sweeping. Yeah. Schmurler, Sh- Schmurler the Curler. Schmurler the Curler, what is that from? Uh, that was, there was a lady named Sam, I think, oh, see, now I should look this up. Oh, right, oh, right, Schmurler the Curler was like a real person. Schmurler the Curler, of course. What kind of Canadian are you? Schmurler the Curler. Sandra Schmurler was a Canadian curler who captured three Canadian curling championships and three world curling championships. Uh, She passed away in the year 2000, so she might have been a little bit before our time, but I believe she was famous for being the only athlete whose name rhymed with the sport she played. Yeah, for real. I mean, you hear Schmirler the Curler. It sounds like a a children's book, but uh, (laughs) no, you're right. I have heard that in terms of history. So you see, kids, Canadians, we love our ice sports whether it be hockey whether it be curling or whether it be podcasting on ice that's right the elwood city limits on ice coming to a town near you that's right watches uh watches uh lucas and i try and do the uh triple axle if we were to do a like an on ice show i would want us to have like giant heads of ourselves on our bodies you know what i'm saying like big mascot heads but it's just my head but four sizes too big. Well, I just want to—I just want a big version of my head anyway, just to wear around the house. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Welcome everybody. This is Elwood City Limits. No, we're not on the ice right now. We're uh, in the comfort of our homes. But uh, you know, I'm glad we're not on the ice. Not much of a skater myself. Have you? Do you skate much, Lucas? Uh, I no, not really. <laughs> um, I haven't had an opportunity to skate in a really long time. Uh, I'd like to though. My name is Will Young, Lucas Mancini over there. That's right, skating expert. Uh, we have a we have a local oval that uh, you can uh, try skating at. Do you, you ever been to the oval? I have been to the oval. Um, 
I was going to say, you, the way you said it, we have a local oval. I was going to give the audience three guesses to guess what it was called. Oh. <laughs> uh, but it is called the Oval. Um, and no, it's a great resource put on by the city. You can skate for free there. So, haha to any folks out there who do not have a free place to skate. It's a luxury that we enjoy up here in the great white north. Absolutely true. Well, whether you uh, enjoyed the Winter Olympics this year or whether you could not care less, we are here for you because because I know that you care about Arthur. And we'll be getting into a full episode in just a second here. Uh, Lucas, we got a couple emails. Uh, one of them I'm going to save for the very end of the show because it confirms an it, it uh it concerns an upcoming episode, but we can definitely Ooh. get into this one here. Dylan sent us a an email at elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. Now, this one, it's about wrestling. You don't say. What a surprise. <laughs> Lucas and I, we like the wrestling a little bit. So, Dylan asks, do you think Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon for WrestleMania is better or Stephanie McMahon versus Ronda Rousey, or do you have any better ideas? So for those who are not aware of what's going on in wrestling, uh, former UFC women's, was she a uh, welterweight or bantamweight? Uh, she was the, the uh, she was a bantamweight champ. Uh, wait, 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 hold up. Oh, no. No, yeah, women's bantamweight champion, 135. And uh, mixed martial arts sensation Ronda Rousey has signed with World Wrestling Entertainment and will seemingly be having a match uh, at WrestleMania, a tag team match uh, that will pit her against uh, what seems to be Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, the the runners of WWE, and she'll be teaming with Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle. At least that seems what it's going to be. So, Lucas... Back to the question, the tag match or the singles match? Or do you have any uh, better better ideas? So I'll definitely say absolutely positively the tag match is a much, 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 much better idea than having two non-wrestlers have a singles match in the semi-main event of WrestleMania. Um, I mean, Ronda Rousey's sort of an unproven talent. We haven't seen her work uh, but she's just getting started, and I think that's a big ask of anyone, whether they're a professional athlete or not. Um, it's just a bad idea to have your first match be a singles match, let alone with someone who's not known to be a great worker. Like, if it was for some reason Ronda Rousey versus AJ Styles, I'd be like, sure, whatever, he could carry anyone to a three-star match. But this is Stephanie McMahon we're talking about here. So I think uh, the tag match, even though the original plan was The Rock, and Triple H, but I think uh, they can't get The Rock due to insurance reasons because if he gets hurt, uh, the movie studio loses a bunch of money because he's got all these movie projects. So Kurt Angle, the next best thing, uh, makes sense for the storyline with like the two Olympians going up against the McMahons. I think it's a fine idea. Have Kurt and Triple H do all the spots, tag in Ronda, have her arm bar Stephanie for the win. Uh, it, it's pretty much the best way they could put that match together as a first match on such a big stage. I agree. I don't know what I was thinking earlier when I was like, no, Ronda's going to challenge Charlotte for the championship. I'm like, of course she isn't. No, you're right. I think it, I think that is the best of both worlds, the best of everything involved. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's, that's the smart way to go about it. It's too bad that it's not the rock. I just feel a little bit more confident about him inside the ring than Kurt, mm. than Kurt Angle, but I understand why it isn't him for that uh, very uh, legitimate reason that you gave there. 
I'll tell you this much, though. I'm actually, you know, Rana's mic work is, is it, it needs work. It's definitely not the wrestling presentation, but I, I really like the build so far. Like, the initial contract signing, I got a huge kick out of. So, uh, hopefully, I mean, again, goodness gracious, betting on them doing something good is, is not a safe bet to make. But, uh, so far, so good with the build to the road to WrestleMania. For sure. Thanks a lot for the email, Dylan. He also asked in the same email, before I forget, uh, who would win in a fight between an adult Binky and Rattles versus Mr. Ratburn and Mr. Haney? It's got to be the tough customers, right? They've got the branding and everything. Mm, I don't know. I feel like Mr. Haney is like a loose cannon. Like he's one bad day from becoming Michael Douglas and falling down. You know what I mean? <laughs> one more thing falls on his doorstep. Mr. Haney's just going to snap. D. Haynes instead instead of defense. Exactly. <laughs> Man, that's a, that's a weird movie to watch when you're 14 years old. They kind of even look like each other now that I think about it. A Mr. Little... Haney does kind of dress like Michael Douglas and falling down. A little bit. He would need the crew cut, though. Mm. He needs he needs to be a bit more straight-laced. Like, Mr. Haney seems like he's a child of the, he's a child of the 60s. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. All right, again, Dylan, thank you for that email. We will discuss the other one when we get to the end of talking about this episode of Arthur. Um, like I said last week, it's a it's a DW double header, and we start off with Attack of the Turbo Tibbles. Um, could this be the most annoying opening the show has ever had? So I'll say this much: uh, Timmy Tibble uh, might be able to rival one Flava Flav with his breath control. Flava Flav currently holding the world record for the longest yeah boy of all time. Uh, I don't remember the exact time it clocked in at, but it was over a minute, well over a minute. And I'm wondering if, if Timmy Tibble uh, attempted to say Flava Flav's famous catchphrase, yeah boy, would he be able to outdo his time? Because this episode starts off with Timmy just screaming. Yeah, Timmy, well, both Timmy and Tommy just screaming uh, both outside and then Arthur kind of takes them into a little bit of a uh, meta backdrop and he he does say Timmy Timmel can yell for five minutes without stopping to take a breath. This YouTube video that says longest yeah boy ever is a minute and 18 seconds long, so uh, watch out, Flav. Timmy's got your number. I think he does. And uh, so Timmy, of course, in the blue kerchief, and Tommy in the red one, uh, a little bit less impressive. Arthur says sometimes it seems like he he's four kids. That's just kind of like a general statement, I guess. Didn't even think about that at the time. I do like, though, that during these examples, uh, neither of the Tibbles have any actual dialogue. They're literally just, like, screaming. <laughs> well, yeah, and, like, the whole thing starts with the Tibbles and DW who are just running around in circles screaming outside. <laughs> and, like... Did you ever do that as a kid? Did you ever just run around yes. and yell? Oh, yes. Definitely. Definitely. Really? Definitely. 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 Oh, my goodness. That's very on brand for, like, five-year-old me is to literally just run around and scream. Yeah, for sure. I don't I, – I mean, hey, my mother would know better than me, but I feel like that's not something I would do. And I'm not just saying, like, oh, because I was such a good kid. It's just, like, I don't see the appeal, you know? But it is something a bit more visceral, a little bit more primal that maybe only kids are tuned into. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, the whole hook of the cold open is Arthur being like, what would happen if the Tibbles had superpowers? 
we get we actually get a little bit of that because when uh when Timmy Tibble like yell does his big yell like his face briefly turns into a jet engine. <laughs> it's weird. This opening is also a little bit misleading. Yeah, for real. Like it it seemed it seemed like an odd way to lead into what this episode is actually about. And because you know, well it 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 fits it fits enough, but it's. Yeah, it's still a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, I would say so. The listen, if you're hoping the kid, the Tibble twins get superpowers in this episode, I got some bad news for you. They don't. Yeah, really. Arthur asks uh, mom to kind of give them something else to do, so they're not screaming, so he can concentrate on homework. So they say they want to watch TV, and they decide to watch a video, which is a Mary Moo Cow video. Which I wrote is- down here. Remember videotapes. <laughs> it's. Mary Mukau sings about feet, but she doesn't sing, Lucas. She, yeah. Mar- Mary Mukau's got them bars. She raps, son. Yes, uh, I wrote down Mary Mukau got mad bars. Um, she spits a hot 16 about uh, not even like the benefits of feet, just like about feet in general, tons of feet facts. Uh, and not only was I entertained, but it turns out that the Tibble Twins and DW are pretty enraptured with the video as well. With uh, It shows, like, the passage of time go by, and uh, the Tibbles are like, I never thought about feet this much. I, I have here the Mary Moo Cow feet rap. Uh? It's, it, uh, I'll say this. It takes on a bit more of a, a, a different tone when you're an adult to see, oh, a, I see. to see a video that is entirely feet centric it's like <laughs> to the point where at some point they're just looking at pictures of feet as somebody is singing feet 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 and i'm like okay something's going on in their little brains there that will uh, follow them the rest of their lives you know what i'm saying she a cow and she got feet <laughs> but eventually the video does uh screw up and uh dw goes to get her mom we uh the the Tibbles do the classic, like, we know how we know how to fix a TV. We do. Yeah, we do. So, nice try, at least. And we get a couple of references here. Again, the writer's uh, looking to get a little bit meta with, uh, with some of the uh, more modern references to other stuff. Uh, as the kids are flipping through the channel, did you, uh, did you notice any of these? So the first one's pumpkins and pants, which I'm not sure what is a reference to. I believe that's probably bananas in pajamas. Oh my goodness! Okay, I'm surprised I didn't pick up on that. I really liked bananas in pajamas back in the day. They're falling down the stairs. Um, Oh. Well, yeah. The the next, and then they go to uh, two bat, two bats hanging upside down. One is a worm, and one looks like a cat. And this they, one was easy, easy peasy. This is Busy Town, Richard Scary. That's right, the busy world of Richard Scary. As 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 they even say, too busy and not scary. Oh my goodness, I loved that show when I was a kid. Me too. The worm had an apple car. That's right. That's like that's like if I drove a car around and that was like a shepherd's pie. That'd be crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the books were great too. I loved those when I was a kid. And then finally, they turn the channel to something that they've never seen before, and it's that magical moment in a little kid's life when they watch their first violent media. <laughs> like, you, you, you get a look at it, and it's clearly like a pastiche on Power Rangers or what have you. It's this uh, green... It's these two guys. They have 
a green and a red suit on, and they have like that kind of looks like the blockheads from Gumby, but they're uh, got like yellow cubes for heads. Yeah, it's and, definitely power. It's definitely like a Sentai show. Yeah, and um, then and then Timmy and Tommy kind of immediately perk up and are like, "What's this?" <laughs> I. Uh, uh, it's like a quick and fast montage too, and I think they even snuck in that old stock footage of the building getting detonated. That's in a couple episodes uh, in season one. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, that flashes for a moment. I'm I, I'm pretty sure. Um, this episode I m- remembered immediately uh, because much like DW's family, I wasn't allowed to watch Power Rangers as a kid, uh, but I had friends who were way into it, so. I'm, I uniquely relate to this episode. And I and I was allowed to watch Power Rangers, and I also related to this because I was all about Power Rangers as soon as I saw them. Like, uh, what was your era of Power Rangers? Mighty Morphin. Uh, I, Mighty I was, Morphin, so OG season. Tommy yes. and 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 the, the, the Jason, green one. Jason and Kimberly and Trini and Billy and Zach. So you weren't all about, like, because I remember... As I got older, there was all those later, like, Family Channel ones, like, uh, uh, oh, God. Um, there's the Dinosaur one. There's the one where they're cops. Power Rangers SPD. Yeah, Power Rangers SPD about the Power Ranger military police complex. Power, uh, <laughs> uh, Power Rangers Dino, uh, Dino Thunder. Yes, Dino Thunder. There was one where they were ninjas. Uh, Power, there's Power Rangers Ninja Storm. That one was weird because I believe their sensei was like a a guinea pig. Yeah, like a guinea pig or a gerbil or something. Or a gerbil, uh, yeah. Also, the first uh, rap opening that the Power Rangers ever had. Oh, moving on from speed metal. Yeah, uh, big big time. But yeah, no, I I started with original Power Rangers. I was in exactly the right demographic for them, and I was all about Power Rangers. I watched it from when I was five or six till I don't know till I was in junior high. A long time, and 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 to and to this day, like I'll still, I'll still mess with some Power Rangers. I actually have a, I have a coworker who's big into, uh, um, into like Sentai, which is the the Japanese yeah. the Japanese version. He's big into Common Rider. Yeah, I was just gonna say, you say Power Rangers, why not skip the middleman, get some Common Rider? That's the real business right there. And he's got like he's got like the the full size like transforming belt and stuff like that it's super cool and i say cool with an asterisk because you may think that is not cool at all i think it's awesome um everything i know about power rangers i pretty much know through osmosis and there was also a guy and forgive me i don't quite remember the name of this but it was i think it was on the same website as the nostalgia critics old videos that like went through every single power rangers season and it was like hours and hours of videos that would be get his name. That would be Linkara and his history of Power Rangers uh, series. Yeah, so I, I watched all of that. Um, so I have a familiarity with the show, but uh, much like unlike other people, like I said, unlike other people my age, I wasn't allowed to watch at the time, so I don't have the same reverence for it. Mm-hmm. And I definitely recommend those history of Power Rangers videos. They're great, uh, shockingly in depth. They oh are, my goodness, they are indeed. Uh, so yeah, they see this show, they are absolutely enraptured. Basically what it is, is these guys with the cube heads, and they're fighting giant whales. And basically, like, the the thing I loved about it is that all of the action of the show is, like, um, out of focus, 
way way too zoomed in shots of them like punching or going to kick and then the reaction shot like so so nobody ever really gets hit and then in between each is an explosion so just the implication that they're being hit yeah the only thing it's missing is like the sparks yeah exactly the yeah the sparks in the costume whenever they get hit to kind of simulate impact mm. uh so yeah they're immediately enraptured uh Mom comes in and says that they don't watch this show here, which I thought was a little strange because, I mean, this show, and we'll get into the name in a little bit, is not that much more violent than Bionic Bunny or anything. Again, teachers don't really, I mean, teachers, parents don't really understand kids' media. Like, I, when her mom says, we don't watch this show here, that's so similar to something my mom would say if I had a friend over. Um, and like I said, at that age, I was allowed to watch Pokemon, which involves animal on animal violence. Um, oh boy, but I guess, I don't know why, maybe it's reputation preceded it or what, but, uh, I was never allowed to watch Power Rangers, even though it's not that violent, but I could see why my parents would think I was much like in this episode, uh, emulate the behavior of the show, which is maybe an issue for a child to do. I mean, I, di- I mean, I did to a point. Like, I never used it as an excuse to beat anybody up or something like that. I mean, I, you know what? I don't think so. I can't remember from when I was that young. I may have. I may have not. But, uh, you know, I didn't turn out to be a violent person because of it. At least I don't think so. Oh, no, and I'm not saying anyone would. In fact, I, I, like, if I had kids, I'd let them watch Power Rangers. Right. Uh, yeah. So it turns out this show is called the Terrific Trooper Toy T-Bot Team, which again, it's great. It's it's kind of like a pastiche, not just of Power Rangers, but like other also rands that were on at the time, like VR Troopers. Made me it made me think of. Oh my gosh, VR Troopers! And so the next day, Timmy and Tommy come to school dressed up as the characters. They are T-Bot Emerald and T-Bot Crimson for their colors. Uh, this is like the 90s version of wearing your Naruto headband to elementary school. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're part of the Uzumaki clan? Yeah, no, I, I, not not that I ever did that, uh, but there was definitely kids, you know. Oh, yeah. Wearing their loyalty to the Leaf Village loud and proud back in the day. I definitely saw at least one person in high school at some point do that. <laughs> no, okay, wait a minute. That's something different. That's I'm talking about like grade six. Oh, not high school. Oh, jeez. But okay, not to, not to yuck anybody's yum, but uh, that's a little much. But remember, like the time that you would have seen that in elementary school, it would have been just been getting popular. Uh, I guess so. People would have been just discovering it, especially the people who were would likely to wear anime anime <laughs> garb to school, which is totally fine in my book, but, you know, it, it, they would definitely have discovered it around then and been like, yeah, I'm going to be the first person at my high school to do this. Which, <laughs> For sure. Which, hats off to you, to you trailblazers. <laughs> um, I will say the costumes that uh, Timmy and Tommy get made in, like, a, a day are pretty good. These I are- guess I assumed they bought them because they are, like, very, like, on brand, the two scale. This and but they essentially look like they're wearing kind of like jack o' lanterns on their head because you can see their eyes through it, but you can't see their like mouths move or anything. Mm. So they have this like constant, uh, weird cutout smile. And the joke is, is that the helmets are so tight on their heads because the, the boys got big heads. Uh, they are they can basically almost never take them off. 
uh, and and they act like the characters too. So they know their whole credo. They're they're obsessed with the show. And uh, DW and Emily don't know don't really know what to make of it. There's a great one here where like they are sitting down at a table and Miss um, Morgan, the teacher, you know, tells them to color with their crayons. And Emily says, "Aren't you going to color?" And one of them says, "We don't color. We fight crime." And then does I wasn't sure if I heard this right. Does the other Tibble twin go? I protect the crime. No, I detect a crime. Oh, I detect the crime. Okay, for a second, I thought they like didn't understand the concept of fighting crime. Uh, that makes a lot more sense. Uh, yeah, and they keep singling out DW and Emily, but especially Emily. Like she's always doing stuff wrong. Like she's coloring outside the lines, or they start doing their ABC song outside, and then. One of the Tibbles points at Emily and he says, when singing the alphabet, you slurred LMNLP together. Which, of course, is funny because he said L twice and then the other one corrects him and says, it's LMRP? LMNRP. I just like like the use of the word slurred. (laughs) Like Emily's (laughs) drunk or something. (laughs) It's true, though. People do do that, LMNLP. Yeah, for real. Um, And then... uh, they kind of get ready to fight each other, the Tibble twins do, and then Miss Morgan makes the timeout symbol, which that's another thing for the the T bot team is that they both make the T symbol. Yeah, like you're like you're in tag, and then you're about to be tagged, and then you go, "I'm on times," and you put the T. <laughs> you ever did, did you ever do that? You ever did like times no, or, or timeout? It's or... because I'm not a sucker when I play tag. Oh my <laughs> gosh, kids are like timeout. You can't hit me now. Like shut up. No, so it's, I don't play with you. No, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. I'm just saying that that's that's that was the lawless that was the wild west of oh elementary school. It's like when you're playing pretend with a, with a friend and you're like, I shot you, and they're like, I had an invisible shield. It's like, well, you just told me not to play with you anymore. Is what oh, you essentially did. Oh, absolutely. It's the it's the lamest thing in the world that you can do. Uh, yeah, it's it's it, but and eventually you had to be like, okay, we're playing tag, no times. And it was understood. Oh my gosh. That's like, and it, especially if they called it like timesies. For some reason, if you ever play like Foursquare, do you remember Foursquare? Of course People I People would just add Zs to the end of things and it apparently automatically made it a rule. Like, rollies gives yeah. these backsies. Yeah, uh, well, I, get, I, I mean, you and I lived in different cities when we were going to elementary school. I... My, mine just had mine just had normal normal names like outside carries and bus stops. What? Oh, okay, now I'm really confused. <laughs> Cherry bombs. Uh, tea party was one that was sometimes. Uh, are these are these wall ball rules or marijuana strains? <laughs> that should be okay. If I ever open up a weed dispensary, it's all gonna be four square four square rules. Uh yeah, I'm gonna get an ounce of the cherry bomb. Yo yo dog, let me get you some outside carries. Yeah, give me some outside carries. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yo yo man, I got you. I got you the bus stop. Ooh, some bus stop. We got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it works surprisingly well. Yeah, that's a that's a great idea. I need to I need to save. I remember any more of the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Foursquare is such a ne- such a nebulous rule set that I'm sure changed with every school that ever did them. Or we could have a BuzzFeed quiz, a Foursquare rule or marijuana strain. It's like, um, did you use bub- Death Bubba? 
in in Foursquare, or is that a marijuana strain? We'll never know. Charlotte's <laughs> Web. Who could say? Uh, yeah. So the the Tibbles are uh, beginning to wear these costumes every day, essentially. Uh, which is, I mean, I I, I said here the their actions of like breaking out into air fights and like wearing the costumes and stuff like this is entirely accurate as to what kids who watched Power Rangers did. Uh, Emily's got a great line that says, uh, are they robots all the time now? Yeah, because, of course, DW and Emily are getting very tired of it because all they want to do is watch the show and they play as their character. So they're, they're playing hide and seek and then they help each other to find DW and Emily, which makes it a lot less fun. And then they like menace them by like kicking the air and stuff around them. <laughs> It's just not. It's just not what either of them signed up for. Uh, DW has a couple of good like uh, little little names for the show that they're watching because she can never like remember the whole thing, which is like it's it's like six words long. I definitely don't blame her. So, you know, at one point her mom's like, "Are you going to go play with the Tibbles?" And she's like, "No. All they all they want to do is is watch terrible tuba tubers." <laughs> and then later she calls them the Terminal Tire Tube Team. Um, that the when she calls them that, it's when she's uh, asking Arthur for some advice. Uh, she blames Arthur. Actually, I love this. She like goes in to talk to Arthur, and she's like, "It's all your fault. If you didn't have to do homework, we wouldn't have to be watching TV, and they would have never seen that show." Uh, but then Arthur actually, this might be the most solid advice Arthur as a character has ever given in the history of the show. Mm-hmm. Usually, he, Arthur's the one in need of the advice, so it's always nice to see him in the brotherly role and, um, you know, espouse some wisdom. Yeah, uh, just before we get into that, I, I want to mention a little bit that, you know, after a while, Timmy and Tommy are, like, they keep pretending that they're the uh, uh, that they're the T-Robots or whatever they are, and then they keep pretending that DW and Emily are, like, the enemies of the show, so they keep, like, chasing them, and, like, keep, they keep bugging them with this, with this T-Bot nonsense and they don't want anything to do with it and that leads into arthur's advice there's also a there's a cutaway where the tibbles are watching the show and one of the t-bots like they have uh like a detachable head that turns into a rocket essentially that they use to attack the the whales which i must add one of them is like a uh is like an or um one of them's like a blue whale and the other one is like a narwhal and they are always walking around on their tails like their legs, and they each they both have a different style of hat to like indicate they're gangsters or something. Yeah, they have like fedoras. Anyway, the robot's head bursts into their hideout, and then it kind of turns to the camera and says, "Remember, kids, don't try this at home." And then it completely goes over the Tibbles' heads because they're just entranced with what's going on the screen. I thought this was a, this actually worked pretty well as a subtle dig at shows like this one, kind of not practicing what they preach. Because, of course, when you would watch Power Rangers or a similar show, they would always be like, hey, kids, like, don't try this at home. Don't, like, don't, like, start fights or, like, don't hit anybody or stuff like that. But then, of course, it's a little bit hard for a young mind to uh, remove that from how awesome the martial arts violence is from those shows. I mean, think about how many times we've seen that slow motion video of Kofi Kingston and then it says, don't try this at home. But everybody knows a kid that broke their arm jumping off like this, pretending to be Rey Mysterio jumping off the playground. 
Yeah, it's like the kind of thing that's got to be done, but boy, is it a hard pitch to kids. <laughs> like the kids who are really into it, which which the Tibble Twins are absolutely like big time Sentai fans at this point. Uh, yeah, so like you mentioned about Arthur's uh, advice to DW, at this point she re- is really had it up to here with the Tibble Twins kind of essentially antagonizing them every time that they play uh, the T-Bots. So Arthur tells her that, like, have, he says, have you ever tried telling them to knock it off? Like, just just be straight with them. Like, tell tell them to stop it, that them being robots all the time is annoying everyone. Tell them that it annoys you and you don't want them to do it anymore, uh, which, again, very solid advice from Arthur. It is solid advice, but I worry that, like, the the message the episode sends is that it kind of doesn't work which which is a shame because it's absolutely the right advice in this situation like you have to be be you have to be firm and just say and say th- like stop it like this this hurts my feelings or we don't like it and we don't want we don't want to play this anymore so it's it is good advice but then immediately when DW tries to do that the Tibble twins just keep on antagonizing them again imagining them as like the giant whale villains of the show which I remember as a kid I was even like when I was like 8 or 9 years old watching this I was like what's well, not what the Power Rangers do like they don't just pick fights with the villains like the villains start something and then they then they uh, do what's right they don't just pick fights with them to just hurt them well you know kids sometimes they're not adhering to the lore bible the same way a showrunner might very true uh i will also say at least uh you know dw and emily end up being the bad guys because there's no other roles in the show for them to play at least power rangers had girls as as power rangers as well that's true power rangers very progressive not only was there female power rangers main villain female Mm -hmm, that's right uh, especially because in the original Super Sentai, the Yellow Ranger was a man, not a woman. So they made that uh, that switch over for the American version. Oh, interesting. I'm still waiting on my male pink Power Ranger. Yeah, that would be cool. That um, would be cool. Th- so we see the shot of like the Tibbles pretending that they're uh, the giant talking whales from the show. The design of DW as a whale is kind of strange looking. It's, uh, it reminds me of, um, oh, what was Mr. Krabs' daughter's name? Oh, uh, Pearl. Pearl. <laughs> That's good. I hadn't thought of that, but you're totally right. It does kind of look the same. She just doesn't have the lipstick on. And I mean, I'm sure someone else has mentioned this before, but uh, Mr. Krabs is a crab, and Pearl is a whale. Did they ever? Did they ever do something where they found out who her mother was? Or if, or if she was adopted? Yeah, maybe. I would assume she's not a crossbreed. Well, but again, these are some questions that. You just really shouldn't think too long about. Certainly not. So the Tibbles are chasing them around, and then eventually uh, one of them takes it a bit too far. As DW does plant firmly and, and says, I'm telling you to stop, stop, like, stop it. And uh, one of the Tibbles pretends that a, that a swing is, uh, like, his laser weapon. His and rocket then, punch, like, in Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah, and then ends up... Sw- uh, flinging the swing into dw's face and really hurting her which uh, yes i thought uh, dw I, is quote-unquote murked yeah. in this sequence <laughs> starting a long tradition in arthur of dw getting straight up murked uh people think of the other moment 
and reference it a lot, but this is a lesser known example. Yeah, DW really gets it cold here, and it's it's actually I think it's a little bit too accurate. Like as somebody who had a a swing swung into their mouth, it's like the like it essentially kills any sort of like fun you were having with the episode, and I think it's supposed to. Like this isn't supposed to be funny or like light or something like that. It's un- I said it's uncomfortable but necessary of just like DW getting hit in the face, and she just like doubles over and starts crying and the crying is just like a little too real and like Ooh. Well, yeah I-, I would say that it's not the visuals that i take issue with it's emily going blood dw is bleeding yeah that's, that's like very th- dramatic yeah that's pretty harrowing too and it's like real sobbing from dw it's it's all a little bit harrowing especially if you were a younger kid uh so of course the tibble twins run away and essentially decide to stop uh, play playing the game because they didn't they never really wanted to hurt DW they just took it a bit too far. Um, and one of them even asks like, "I quit. What if DW's dying?" Uh, yeah, and then which the other one responds with, "Can you die from getting hit in the face?" And of course they don't know. Eventually, Mrs. Tibble does find Turns them. Turns out you can, by the way. Can you actually? Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah, I'm, but oh, well, I, it would take a while to explain, but yeah, you totally could get die from getting hit in the face. Fair enough. Um, there's other factors involved, but yes, not for. I mean, you'd have to get hit pretty hard with a swing to die from it, but you most certainly could. Yeah, I think I know. I think I know what you mean. Uh, so Mrs. Tibble finds them, and they're very apologetic, and she takes them to see DW at the hospital. DW getting like busted up in the lip. She gets some stitches done on in her mouth. Yeah, this was kind of odd. Uh, I never realized... This is an episode I remember really well from my childhood. I must have seen it a couple times. Uh, but I never realized this until this rewatch as an adult. But they visit her in the emergency room. Which, I get that they were in a hurry to apologize to her. Uh, but, I mean... I don't think that's something I've ever really heard of someone doing. Like, visiting someone who's in the midst of getting stitches done in a merge. Uh, it's just like... It's not really, like, that kind of place, you know what I mean? It's not, like, a public area for people to come see people who are, uh, something happened to them. It's more so you go to a merge, and then you get, either if it's serious, you get transferred to another area of the hospital, or they let you go. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. Emergency it's necessary ro- for the plot, so, again, it's something only an adult would pick up on, but uh, I just thought that was an odd little detail uh, looking back on it now. Yeah, so DW's got this pretty noticeable stitch on her face, and then the Tibble twins rush in and give her a hug and apologize. Uh, Tommy, Tommy even, says, yeah. Timmy did it! Right, throws him right under the bus. Um, and DW proving just how much smarter she is than the Tibbles, um, you know, they, they're just like, I'm sorry, it was supposed to be fun. Nobody on the show ever bleeded or got stitches. And the DW, in her wisdom, just says, that's because it's just a dumb show. You're not supposed to do what they do. It's not real. And they both go, oh. <laughs> Obviously, they did not watch the ad with the uh, War Amps robot. Um, Astar. For, yeah, Astar from Planet Danger. They could put their arm back on, but you can't. So stay safe. You're right. They could have benefited from some of our Canadian PSAs. <laughs> they're, they're shocking, but, they, but, they're, but they're the truth, man. Yeah, for all of you Americans out there, look up. If you want to talk about real scarring kids with violence as a child, look up the Astar I Could Put My Arm Back On commercial. 
and learn why all of us Canadians are so nice and live with such fear. And not the not the newer CGI one. Look up like the stop motion one. Wait, 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 wait. What? So did you grow up with the C with the CGI one? Now I don't know. Well, I, well, I, you, well, I, uh, no, but you, but you would know. Because when be- you say newer, are you talking about like two thousand and two? Yeah. Because uh, I, I, the so the Astar commercial that I grew up so with so long ago. Was, I, I was, think it was CGI. The one that I grew up with was made in like the late eighties, early nineties, and like Astar was like sort of animatronic or like a kid in a costume or something, and so it looked more real. Okay. And the and the new one was like, no, this is clearly a cartoon. See, I was so young at the time, Will, that you know how little kids aren't able to spot really terrible CGI, and when you're a kid, movies just look real no matter what? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, see, it's been so long, I literally have not looked it up as an adult. I remember it looking photo real, but I'm almost certain it was the CGI version. Right, Okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the version that I that I saw when I was a kid, just so that I I just want to know. And kids, uh, all I did was search up Astar commercial on YouTube. That's A S T A R, and you will find both of them in the first two hits. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'm definitely because now I'm curious, like which one I saw. Pull this up here with the sound off. And we'll, oh my god! Yeah, we'll, look at this we'll, thing. We'll get into the we'll get into the end of the episode oh, in, in just a second. I accidentally muted there. you too. I'm not supposed to turn off the sound on my computer. Okay, just a second. All right. Oh no! Oh my god! This is crazy! Oh my god! This is like some Captain EO. Yeah, kinda. Oh wow! So that's not the one you watched. I see. Okay, now I have to watch the other one. Oh, this is nuts, though. That was like. Some wild. What did you type in? I am Astar. Just Astar commercial. Commercial. Which kind of an ill thought out name for a kid's commercial. <laughs> yeah. uh, and is the second one the CGI one? This reboot looking thing? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> if you are not our age, this is going to be so difficult to explain. Oh, whoa. This is crazy. Yeah, I think this was the one I I I was used to. Yeah, I, it was definitely okay. this one. Okay. Yeah. It's oh, it's like a shot for shot remake of it though. It is. Like they di- they did essentially just make it uh, again just with different graphics cuz probably I mean the production values on the original one were not great and I mean, al- and, and also Look at pro- this one. <laughs> and, but but I but I also think like it was probably a little scary to have it so realistic. I mean, I remember being very scared by this as well. Even Astar's voice, if you watch this, he's like, I am Astar, a robot from Planet Danger. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, what a trip down memory lane, though. I literally haven't seen either of those videos in many, many years. So that's a fun time. Yeah, check those check those out, kids. I'll uh, try and provide you with a link uh, sometime this week. Anyway, the episode ends off with uh, everybody walking out of the hospital and the Tibble twins asking DW if she wants to come over and watch TV. They promise. They promise that they'll only watch real things like wrestling. That's right. Uh, I oh, I wrote down the exact line. Uh, one of them says, "We could watch wrestling. It's real." And then Which they immediately true. they immediately follow up with, "I know football. It's also real." Yeah. So two very real things right there, and also and also very connected with the recent uh, announcement of the XFL. Ooh. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. Yes, that's true. The two worlds collide. The XFL, also very real. 
And that's how we end off that one. Uh, no word from us kids this week, so we're just going to get straight into the second story. Again, DW-centric, DW tricks the Tooth Fairy. I mean, after the magnum opus, which was uh, Good Job, Jamal, uh, I feel like we need a, a break from word from us kids to sort of recharge our batteries and get ready for the next one. Sure. Will Jamal make a return? I sure hope so. So in this one, DW actually hijacks the cold open. Uh, Arthur and his friends are up in the treehouse drawing pictures of Buster with like a comic book on his face. And Apparently it's winter now because everybody's in their sea right winter outfits. That's Yeah, that's correct. And the camera kind of wanders away from them and then over to DW, who's making a snowman outside. Um, and they're, and she's talking about how everybody thinks that Arthur and his friends are more important than her because they're older. And she uses the example of them losing teeth as to... Uh, she uh, I guess she kind of doesn't understand what the big deal is. Now, I know I said before that the cold open of the Tibbles screaming might be the most annoying opening. Although I forgot just how much I am annoyed, actively annoyed by part of this opening. Forget like, annoyed more so bizarre. This is some like, did you ever see the movie, the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus? I did when it first came out. I do not have much of a memory for it. I mean, I don't think I've seen it. I saw the trailers but I will say, this is some imaginarian, Imaginarium of Dr. Pardass's bowl right here. So essentially, DW imagines them as, Ugh. it's Francine, Brain Buster, and Arthur as like putting on a concert. Yeah, they're uh, like a quartet. Yeah, a quartet, uh, putting on a show for the Tooth Fairy. But instead of doing any singing, they're doing like this rhythmic teeth clattering. Like they're chatt- and also they're in this teeth dimension with yeah. like floating mouths. Yeah, and it's like the way that they animate it is that their teeth are kind of doing it themselves. They're kind of like clap clacking against each other rhythmically, and then as they clack them, they lose teeth because the whole thing is like they lose all all that all their teeth when they get older. Like I, I put here, how to describe the musical number? Annoying, off-putting, unpleasant. <laughs> I'd say all of those things. It's just, first of all, I hate the sound of their teeth clacking. It's just awful. And just the look on their faces as they do it, it's always annoyed me. Uh, all, all the teeth that they lose and just the idea of, like, losing it to this degree is just kind of gross. And just, I don't like looking at it. I mean, I think I agree with you, but I'll also say that I didn't really have a chance to be annoyed at any of this. Because I was more so horrified and confused. Yeah. Like, I think you're underselling just how bizarre all of this imagery is. They're all dressed up in, like, these weird Pee Wee Herman suits. And again, like I said before, they're in, a, like, a floating teeth dimension. Um, maybe you remember this more than me. That's why you could sit back and be like, this is very annoying. But I was more so awestruck of just how bizarre the imagery I was watching was. Well, and so much of it is them looking directly at the camera and like clacking their teeth. And it's Not just... since Val Kilmer in Top Gun has there been such direct teeth clacking. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't, I don't like it at all. And, uh, and, of course, DW doesn't like it either. She just thinks it's disgusting. As she's making the, her snowman, a couple of the teeth fall off. She says, I hope my teeth never fall out. 
And we do get a cute, we do get a little something to, uh, a little palate cleanse from that disgusting little foray. We get Kate and Powell, they kind of look at each other and they both go like, yeah, and they make their yuck faces. And it's, that, that's cute. That's cute. More of that, please. Is, it, is there a part at the end where, like, in the grand finale of their performance, like, a bunch of their teeth fall out into a pile? Yeah, they all fall into, like, different glass jars. Yeah, again, that's like the stuff of nightmares. That's like a very common dream is all your teeth falling out. It's very creepy, and I don't like it. Um, the episode itself starts out with one of my fa- what something that's becoming a favorite of mine in Arthur, which is fake toy commercials, because it seems that they are the writers are always self aware enough to know exactly how to make one that looks real enough. So this one is for uh like a fluffy unicorn toy, and it has this jingle that is actually pretty good. I mean, and it's very much a playoff like My Little Pony. Like, they even have the, uh, oh, what's it called? A beauty mark or a pony mark? Yeah, on yeah. On the little butt. And in the in the commercial, do you think that's a real unicorn? Wait, what, what do you mean? So, like, in the commercial, it shows, like, little girls chasing after a unicorn who gives them the unicorn doll. So, like, the girls are real. Right. In that, in this animated show, they are animated, but so is the unicorn. And then later on in the second ad, the unicorn talks to the camera. Is the unicorn real? Like, define real? I, I mean, is the unicorn? It could just be. It could be an FMV horse with like uh, a unicorn horn on it. Will, like, like in the. Do you u- think unicorns are real? Will? No, I don't. In the <laughs> universe of Arthur, is the unicorn real? No, I don't think so. So what is it animated? Why does it look exactly the same as the kids? I mean, I assume in the universe of Arthur they have special effects. So is that so is the unicorn just a horse person or what? I think it's just a horse. Oh, oh, you're, we're talking. Oh, I see. This is some animal hierarchy. Some some well, vintage Elwood City limits well, is what you're talking about here. Well, kind of, but also I mean, like I think the I think this is what I think. Let me let me stop beating around the bush here. Let me lay it out for you straight, okay? Please, please go ahead. I think the unicorn is a horse, uh-huh. and I don't mean a horse like the kind that gets into his car and goes to work and has a job. I mean the horse is probably like Walter the deer, where it's just a horse with a fake horn and some CGI wings. Okay, and they like made it talk like Mr. Ed by putting peanut butter in its mouth? They made it talk... Like Mr. Ed by putting peanut butter on its gums. Okay. I don't want to get too much down the unicorn hole with this one. So, Oh, <laughs> damn it. I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole with this one. So, uh, okay, sure. Like, I feel like I could really start overthinking this, but I, I don't want to waste my time or yours, my, fr- uh, my dear listener and Lucas. <laughs> so let's just keep going. It's a... Uh, it's an. It's at- a funny email. Do you think unicorns are real? No. Write us at Elwood City Limits. No, no. Gmail. <laughs> no, no, no. I like. I like the band, the Unicorns. The what? Sorry. The band, the Unicorns. I like that band. Oh, I thought you said the Bambi Unicorns. I'm like, there were no unicorns in Bambi. Okay, we're 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 really on this this unicorn thing. I think it's time to move on. Absolutely. Uh, so the ad 
continues. Like first, it is for the fluffy unic, my fluffy unicorn. It's called. Which you're right, it must be a takeoff of My Little Pony. DW is transfixed in the commercial, but then we pull back and we see that she already has one. But the second part of the commercial is for the My Fluffy Unicorn Clothes Horse Horse Clothes Barn. Which, I mean, again, back into the unicorn hole we go. Uh, if it's a unicorn, why is it a horse clothes horse clothes barn? Clothes horse. Mm-hmm. Clothes mm-hmm. horse. Clothes horse horse clothes. Yes, how could I forget? But still, the word horse, I don't see the word, u- it's not a clothes unicorn, unicorn clothes barn. That's true. I But I feel like there's a pun in there that I'm not getting of like clothes, horse, horse, like. No, I think it's just, I think it's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just funny. <laughs> I, I think it's just stupid. Okay. Uh, I'll, I mean, I'll take that. Oh, Okay. Uh, here's something from Wikipedia. A clothes horse is a real thing. It's a t- okay. It's- I thought you were going to say, well, I honestly thought at this point in the conversation, you're going to be like, here's something from Wikipedia. A unicorn is actually a popular fairy tale and not real. I can confirm. No, a clothes horse is also called a drying rack. So that's the, uh, that, I guess that's, uh... that, that's the pun in there. Clothes horse. You you hang the clothes, and also it's a barn for a horse. Yeah, it's it's horse clothes, but it's also a clothes horse, which is, boy, that's a reach. Anyway, it's enough horsing around here. Uh, so DW now needs that. In fact, she falls off the couch and goes <laughs> to ask mom if she could, if she, actually while she's watching the ad, she goes. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, it's great because like when she sees the unicorn that she already has, she gets kind of breathless, like oh, oh, and then. But I really, you're right. I liked her second one better. Of just oh man, like it's it's kind of a like a guttural need that she gets. Yeah, it's like if someone filmed me while I'm watching E3 trailers. Oh yes, that's exactly the reaction <laughs> of like. Seeing we uh we happy few for the first time and just oh man like if they announced banjo three e I would be like whoa uh so th- this actually I liked was that D W you know you assume that she's just gonna run in there and ask mom to buy it for her but she asks how much um she says I really want the clothes horse horse clothes barn how long would I have to save up my allowance to get it which begs the question how much allowance does D W get a week. Uh, hmm. Because I guess if the if the clothes horse horse clothes barn is let's say I feel like prices right rules that barn is thirty four ninety nine. Yeah. Big old plastic case comes with the clothes. I feel like especially nineties prices. I bet today it'd be a little bit more expensive, but nineties prices let's say thirty four ninety nine. Okay, let's round it up to thirty five dollars for simplicity. Yep. She says, does she say a few months or a couple months? So mom takes out the calculator. And DW says, is that day, it's, she says, is that days or weeks? And the mom says months. So it's something that she could realistically attain within a period of months. Oh, I think she says, is that hours or days? Hours or days, yeah. Uh, so why don't we say six? Let's say if it was six months, uh-huh. and let's say DW is being paid weekly, because that's usually, it's a weekly allowance, I guess, in most households. Some people did monthlies or semi-monthlies. But let's say if it's a weekly allowance. There's twenty. Okay. There's 24, there's 24 weeks and six months. 
Okay, so 35 divided by 24 is... DW is making... One dollar and four five eight three 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 cents. So like a buck. So like a buck fifty. I mean, that's a pretty solid allowance for a for a four year old. CW a four year old? Yeah, I think that's pretty. Oh, actually, you know what? That seems like a lot for a four year old. I was gonna say I didn't get an allowance until I was like eight. I never got an allowance. Really? Yes. I got mine when I got my first one when I was like seven or eight, and it was a dollar. And then slowly, infl- over over a week, t- over time, yeah, uh, yeah, dollar a week, a loony. And then after after a couple of years, it became a toonie. And then uh, at the end of junior high, it was it was five bucks. No, no, I never got an allowance. I would um, if I did chores for my parents, they would pay me by the hour to do said chore. Okay. Uh, and and by chores, I don't mean my like washing dishes and stuff. That's yeah. like stuff I just had to do. I mean like if I had to do yard work or something like that. Right. My parents would pay me like to rake the lawn and and mow the lawn and stuff. But uh, I never ever got an allowance, nor me or my sister ever did. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that that works out too. Uh, so DW is panicking that she can't, that cause she needs the barn now, uh, thinks maybe that she, her, her birthday. And then mom says was last month <laughs> and, and she goes to bed. I, I, again, I, I like that DW was like, uh, she didn't whine when she didn't get her way. She just kind of took the bad news on the chin. Like, because I feel like the DW of season one would like whine and cry. But <laughs> at, th- at this point she's. A, a little bit more smartly written. She's not just a little sister character anymore. In fact, when she goes to bed that night and is wondering how she'll get the barn, we, sh- we get a reference to the sleepover alien from season one, where she's like, if only that alien that Arthur and his friends made were, was real, then I could s- sell the photos and I'd be rich and I could buy you that clothes horse, horse clothes barn. I was really surprised by that. That's like a deep season one cut. Yeah. So the next, so the next day at breakfast, DW's wondering what she's gonna do, and then uh, Arthur comes in. He's lost another tooth, uh, and then reveals that he got a dollar for it, and the tooth fairy came in the middle of the night and gave it to him, and that's where DW kind of learns about what the tooth fairy is. Arthur explains that you know, for those who aren't aware, the tooth fairy comes in in the middle of the night when you're sleeping. If you put a tooth under your pillow, then she'll replace it with a dollar or. Uh, whatever mon- money she has on her, I guess. A dollar if you're in a ritzy household, let me tell you. Uh, yeah, I, th- I started with a quarter. Nice, big, shiny 25 cents. Yeah, me too. I'm th- pretty sure I got a quarter. And I also didn't put it under my pillow because, of course, uh, my... Okay, sp- uh, life spoiler alert here. Kids, cover your ears. Uh, my mom didn't want to reach under my pillow to give me my money, so we I put it in a... Uh, uh, whoa, 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 I think you misspoke there. You said your mom when I think you meant to say Dwayne Johnson. So <laughs> we'll just run it back. You can edit this. It's obviously an editing error. Uh, we'll just You could just repeat that. But instead of saying your mom, you go, Dwayne Johnson put the tooth under your pillow, obviously. I mean, come on. Right. I'll just have to put a marker here to edit. Yeah. Uh, and... Whoever it was would would prefer that I didn't leave my tooth under my pillow, so I just put it on in like a a glass next to my nightstand. Yeah, he said, "Let me tell you something, Will. Finally, you put it in your glass by your nightstand." We, we do get a we do get a funny thing here where in the in Arthur's imagination, the tooth fairy comes into Mister Haney's house and is <laughs> and in trying to get under his pillow, like flings him off the bed. And he He's also, got a big old head. And then she, uh, and then he says that she has like 
tooth technology that she can use, and like satellites and whatnot. Also, Mr. Haney hadn't lost all of his baby teeth. I I don't know. I I guess not. Or maybe one or maybe one just fell out. Or no, actually, you know what? The reason it's Mr. Haney is because uh, the reason Arthur brings up tooth technology is that DW is kind of grilling him with these logic questions about the tooth fairy. Mm-hmm. She's like, how does she know if you have t- like teeth under your pillow or not? Does she check every pillow? So that's why the tooth fairy checks under the pillow. And then Arthur talks about tooth technology where he's, she's got like the Justice League satellite that lets her know if people <laughs> are missing teeth. Uh, and then uh, DW asks, what does she do with all the teeth? And then Arthur pontificates that maybe she uses it for, like, construction of her tooth castle, which we get some bizarre imagery of, like, this giant castle built from human teeth. Um, And then DW asks the real stumper of a question, uh, but where does she get the money from? Which Arthur retorts with, uh, you asked too many questions. Well, yeah, at this point I was like, Arthur knows a a lot about the tooth fairy, and I'm like, Arthur still believes in the tooth fairy? Okay. Like, it, I, I don't think I did when I was his age. Well, that's because when you were a kid, there wasn't a documentary about her called The Tooth Fairy, or about Dwayne Johnson, should I say. I suppose that's true. I love the design of the Arthur Tooth Fairy, I must say. It's like this, uh, she's kind of... She looks like, uh, the, the she kind of looks like the lady Arthur got pal from. Oh, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Wood? Yeah, she cut like she's kind of got like the glasses and the necklace and like of Mrs. Wood's face. Eh, Maybe not the body type, but no. Well, Mrs. Wood was a bunny, and uh, this is kind of like the nondescript bear type creature. Mm. Uh, I can I kind of see what you mean though. She's kind of got the same old lady curly hair and the glasses and whatnot. She's also got like a star wand, and I don't know. I just I just thought she looked. I thought it was a really neat design, and she, like every time she flies, there's a little bit of glitter that comes after her. She just dresses like a stylish older lady. So DW is jazzed about this idea that she could get money from the Tooth Fairy and actually starts to uh, uh, think about when Arthur wanted to pull his loose tooth and how she won't make his same mistakes. In fact, we get stock footage from the very first episode of uh, Arthur's Tooth. Like, ripped straight from the source. When Arthur comes in after school that day, of course, it's like a kind of a blustery, snowy day out there. By the way, Arthur, take off... Take off your shoes when you come in the house, especially if you've just been out in the snow. He does Again, not- that's an that's an American thing, Will. They don't take their shoes off when they go into the house. That's like a universal American thing. Shameful. Uh, DW, instead of tying her tooth to the door to try and loosen it, she's tied it to Pal so that uh, he'll, he'll run away and snap the tooth out. But Pal does not want to run. And Arthur discovers this before anything further happens. Uh, and he's really trying to discourage her from trying to pull her tooth. In fact, he tells his parents at dinner that DW tried to do that. We get a great reaction from Dad, uh, who, like, is going to drink something but then chokes. He's like... (laughs) Yeah, he's, like, really perturbed by DW's jackass-esque antics. Right, jackass the show. No, that would absolutely be like, my my name's DW, and and this is pal pulling the tooth. I think it's Jackass 3 where they literally do that. They, like, tie a Lamborghini to someone's tooth and then drive it away. Oh, man. Of course they do. But uh, Small confession, I like those Jackass movies. You like them? Oh, yeah, I love those Jackass movies. No, hey, listen, you're not going to find any... I, I like the show, too. I've actually... I, I mean, maybe we're all confessing something today, but I would describe myself as a Jackass fan. 
I don't know if I'd say I'm a fan, but I've I've liked what I've seen. Um, Do you have a favorite member from the crew? I don't see. I don't go that far. Of like Ryan Dunn, R.I.P. I I don't go so far as favorite members of the crew, but uh, I have fond memories of watching those three Jackass movies with my friends and being surprisingly entertained by something that I had kind of written off in my head, but uh, they're good, dumb fun. No, I guess we're learning a little bit more about me than we had expected, but I actually, I'm pretty fond of those movies. I've even watched um, Bam Margera's CKY videos oh, uh, yeah. from before he was a jackass. And let me tell you, those are, the, hey, listen, if you're a kid, turn it off now, but if you're not... CKY2 is a hell of a thing. Yeah. They go to Iceland, and it's they do a lot of other stuff at Iceland. The CKY videos were always what the, what the skateboard kids at my school would watch. So, oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Sounds about right. So, what year would this have been? Uh, 2003? High school? No, I'm thinking more junior high. So, oh. like... 98? Yeah, 98 to 2. Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. No, no, no. Uh, uh, no, two, oh, yeah, 2000 to, like, 2003. I mean, all of that is still, like, smack dab in, like, if you were a skateboarder, you loved CKY3, CKY2. The next day, or so DW is trying to put over the fact that she has a toothache and needs to get the tooth pulled. So, like, she even cracks a spoon against her tooth. and uh, Yeah, and then her mom's like, stop doing that, DW. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, really, that's super bad for you, even if you don't have a toothache. Uh, and so the, she'll take her to the dentist tomorrow and the, and the dentist will say whether she does or not. Oh, uh, you almost passed over the best line in this entire episode. Uh, she says, we'll take her to the dentist on the way to the museum, which, which, uh, Dar- uh, Arthur's dad responds, you guys are going to the museum. I gotta work. Aw, I'd like to go to the museum. Rats. Yeah, and he puts which re- is like that line has nothing to do with the rest of the episode. The writers <laughs> just wanted to disappoint Arthur's dad, I guess. It's really funny because the delivery is is especially whiny. He's just like, "I'd like to go to the museum, rats." <laughs> it's like you don't know if he's serious or not, ba- but it's really I funny. I felt bad for him. Yeah, he seemed like really like he perked up when she mentioned the museum. He was like, "You guys are going to the museum?" Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the next day, the dentist, uh, Dr. Sozio, who we will remember from Arthur's Tooth, uh, says that DW's teeth are perfect, and she won't be hearing from the Tooth Fairy for a year or two. So they end up going to the museum. It's like a, they got like dinosaurs and ancient animals exhibits, and DW is fixating on the huge teeth that they have. We have a, a uh, Mel Brooks-esque visual gag here where... We see close-ups of a dinosaur's teeth and a saber-toothed tiger's teeth and some sort of prehistorical-type shark-looking thing's teeth. And then we get, like, uh, some scraggly human teeth, and it turns—well, human in quotations. Arthur character to eat teeth. And then it's the security guard with a hipster mustache's teeth. Yeah. And DW says, wow, buy a teeth like that, I'd be rich. Because she thinks that the tooth fairy, like, gives money based on the quality of the tooth. Hmm. Uh, which we'll see in a little bit because uh, they each are allowed to get one little thing from the gift shop. Uh, so DW ends up getting uh, gum and actually taking after something that Arthur tried to do. She gets the the shark tooth from the necklace. 
And that's the whole idea of how she's going to trick the tooth fairy is she's going to put it under her pillow and pretend that it's her tooth. And the tooth fairy is going to give her the big bucks. In fact, she has an imagination where the tooth fairy gifts her a clothes horse, horse clothes barn because her tooth is so good. Uh, we also have Arthur look again. This is the episode of odd non sequiturs. Uh, Arthur is like looking around the gift shop and yeah. he finds like a monkey dog. You want to talk about taking the animal hierarchy into question? This made my head spin. So there's okay. We're in this animal natural history museum. Yeah. There's a monkey doll. So already it's like okay. So these monkeys aren't sentient. But anyway, I digress. He picks up the monkey doll. He squeezes it, and then hears a voice recording of Francine say, I think it's like, I'm the best athlete in my whole school. Yeah. And then Arthur looks directly at the camera, and I just I just don't know how this is supposed to make me feel. <laughs> it's a weird thing to do, that's for sure. It's just weird. It re- <laughs> like, I get it. It's not that I don't get it. Trust me. Don't write in telling me, explaining it to me. I, I get the joke. Yeah. But it's just like, it's just why. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is a real. How am I supposed to feel about that? That's a great way to describe it. Uh, so DW is chewing the gum again to try and loosen her tooth. Uh, but she's also taking after Arthur. Like I said, with the shark tooth, she's going to try and trick the tooth fairy, which is very concerning to Arthur because he feels that if the tooth fairy finds out that she's been tricked, then uh, he'll never get any money for the teeth that he's losing. So he decides to uh, take some of the money that he got, f- take the money that he got from his tooth, and he's going to um, just play KTW this one time so as to appease the tooth fairy. Uh, Speaking of uh, Mel Brooks esque physical humor, <laughs> we have an amazing sequence where, oh my goodness, I'm laughing just thinking about it. This is just so my, like, sense of humor. So Arthur's trying to sneak into DW's room to place the, like, place the money without being detected, and he's trying to tiptoe, and then he stubs his toe on a bowling ball, and he says, why does DW, he's, like, sort of, like, saying this under his breath because he's trying to be quiet, but he's, like, obviously very angry, and he's like, why does DW have a bowling ball in her room? It's great. I, I wrote down that line, too, because it's just so absurd of, like, there, there is no reason why it's not only in a room, but in the middle of it, like right where the door opens. He also hits it on his way out as well. He does. A second time. Stubs all his toes at once. So in trying to appease the Tooth Fairy, Arthur actually becomes her because DW ends up getting, uh, uh, ends up getting money for it and is very excited the next morning when she realizes that she, quote-unquote, tricked the Tooth Fairy. But at the end of the episode, we realize that Arthur is is a pretty bad uh, spy because not only did he lose his money in uh, helping DW trick the Tooth Fairy, but he also forgot to take the tooth at all. So DW thinks that now that she has gotten money for the tooth and the Tooth Fairy didn't take it, then she's going to leave it under her pillow tonight and she's going to get even more money for it, which Arthur groans. And, and then that's the end of the episode. That's the end, yeah. It's kind of like how uh, when you watch the first Fast and the Furious movie and then it just starts to get going and then the movie's over. <laughs> same with uh, same with Mad Max. It's like, hey, the movie's starting to get good. Oh, that's it, eh? Huh. Okay. Yeah, it's just kind of it just kind of ends. 
All right. Uh, well, I guess now we have to dial it back and uh, f- and uh, make heads or tails of these. So let's go back to Attack of the Turbo Tibbles. How did that one strike you? I mean, it, it, you know, miles may vary depending on how you feel about the Tibble Twins. I happen to get a kick out of them. And so I actually uh, really liked this episode. I I like the moral. I like the gravity of the situation once DW gets straight up dropped. But I also think there's some good comedy in there. I, the writers had a lot of fun with all their fake TV shows, uh, their fake Power Rangers. So it's a pretty fun spectacle to watch. Uh, but I, I liked the way the Tibble Twins were written and how they sort of learn the error of their ways it, it was just an enjoyable like not super standout but i was never bored watching it and so i thought it was a pretty enjoyable episode um so i kind of thought that i would like this a bit more than i did i don't think it's bad necessarily um but okay so when we were talking about it you actually made a great point of how the um you know dw uh, Arthur, uh, DW got some great advice from Arthur on how to handle the situation, which is how you would handle in real life of just being very firm and telling the Tibble twins to stop. But I feel like the episode kind of undercut that message a little bit by just having the end of it be when DW gets hit in the mouth and the Tibble twins realize what they did wrong. Now, that said, that is the more dramatically interesting way for them to learn the error of their ways. But but like I say, it also kind of undercuts the educate the educational message there. Uh, so that's I guess that's my problem with it. However, I will say that it was I always appreciate a nice uh, loving slash. Uh, well, I actually I don't know how loving it was. Uh, I appreciate a good Power Rangers parody here and there, and uh, this one was definitely very good. I think the writers are uh, grasp pop uh, culture of the time very very well. Oh yeah, for sure. Like it was very knowing. Yeah. Um. So, surprisingly, so like almost to the point where you would think there'd have to be some fans at least, or at least someone who knew the product well, uh, because it was really, really accurate. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so I, so I did appreciate that, and I d- did kind of see myself mirrored in the Tibble Twins for once, of just my Power Rangers mania being reflected back at me. Uh, so I, in the end, I kind of come out a little bit lukewarm on this, but I appreciate kind of how dynamic it was. The visuals were interesting because of all the new designs. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think this one is uh, pretty good, but I, I'm not, I don't feel as strongly about it as I kind of thought that I would. Um, DW tricks the tooth fairy again, kind of a little bit in the middle on this one. I think what was strongest for me about this episode was the sense of humor that it took. Like you said, you, Lucas, you were right on in mentioning like the funniest parts of the episode, and there were quite a few of them. And so I found that pretty enjoyable. But the whole kind of through line of DW trying to lose a tooth was uh, not especially interesting, I guess, to me. And, of course, the opening with the teeth was uh, <laughs> unforgettable in the bad way. But uh, th- that said, don't don't make it seem like you know, I hate the episode or anything like that. It's it's perfectly fine. I just don't have. I just kind of again come in the middle on it. Yeah, I think both these episodes are similar in the fact that neither of them are boring. Like I wouldn't say either of these episodes are boring at all. No, def- like, definitely the, not. The the half hour goes by super fast. I was pretty like, you know, paying attention and and 
entertained throughout. I think both of the issues with sometimes we have issues with episodes because they're boring or we kind of check out uh, or like there's not a lot going on or the animation's bad. But with these two episodes, like fine animation, like uh, funny, uh, entertaining, but I think they both had narrative issues. So for instance, you talked about your problems with the way the moral was handled in uh, Turbo Tibbles. And I think that DW Tricks the Tooth Fairy is a really funny episode, but it's also an episode with not really a conclusion like it's almost like it feels like an episode of like an anthology show like black mirror or something where the episode just kind of has a straight up unhappy ending like dw arthur has to pay dw for the rest of his life in order to keep the uh the story of the truth fairy alive and then he kind of looks at the camera and he's like well i guess i'm stuck doing this and it's like that's an odd ending uh So it's not your, like, it's more so, it reminds me more of, like, the Arthur books where it's not necessarily a Saturday morning cartoon, we need to have a moral. It's more just, here's a story in the Arthur universe. Right. Uh, It doesn't have a moral here or there. It's just, like, about someone growing up and learning about how the Tooth Fairy works. Uh, And again, it's got some really funny lines, even though most of them have nothing to do with the rest of the episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but like the first episode, I can't say it bored me at all. It was very entertaining. Just not, I don't think either of these episodes are boring at all, but I also don't think either of these episodes will make it on either of our best episodes of the season lists. I don't think so. Although I do want to affirm that, that point that you made of how the end of the episode feels more like the ending of an Arthur kids book. I think that's actually a great observation of how a lot of kids books do end with like that, not necessarily pessimistic, but like like a here we go again kind of vibe. <laughs> and and I think that that's, that's actually a very good observation. It was less an Arthur episode ending and more an Arthur book ending. And I did not notice that. I think that's a, I think that's a great observation. All right, well, of course, you can decide for yourself. And the best way to engage with Elwood City Limits is to watch the episode, then listen to our thoughts, and then, hey, maybe give us your own thoughts yourself. There are a lot of different ways that you can do that because we are active on the Internet. Uh, you can find us on our social media channels as we near the end of the episode here. Facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits. Thanks to our 100 likes and followers over there and to all the nice reviews we've gotten. On Twitter, we are at ECL podcast Tumblr elwoodcitylimits.tumblr.com thanks to both of our emailers uh, this week they sent them into elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com and you can too especially if you'd like your email to be read on the air and of course you can listen at uh, Apple Podcasts and Google Play uh, that's where you can find the podcast and you can go to elwoodcitylimits.libsyn.com L-I-B-S-Y-N and uh, listen to the full archive over there. All right, so before we get into what we're doing next week, I want to kind of uh, use that as an opportunity to address an email that we got. As I said at the top of the show, uh, we got one here, who, which I believe is from Isaac. He says, hi, guys. I was wondering what happened to your episode with Jordan Taylor that you said you were going to put out months ago. Now, I did say that a little while ago. Uh, I was not really sure about a concrete date for that. Because, of course, life gets in the way, and sometimes we end up having to miss a week, whether it be due to our work schedules or illness. So I couldn't really commit to a set date, and I apologize for that. But I can tell you this. The Jordan Taylor special episode of Elwood City Limits will be airing directly after our next episode. So, if all goes according to plan, let's say if we have our next episode next week, 
then two weeks from now, you'll be hearing that special episode. And Lucas, I'm going to tell you why. Because in two weeks, or, sorry, blah, that's my mistake. I'll edit that out. Because the next time you and I are talking about Arthur, it's going to be the, the episode featuring Double Tibble Trouble. And this one I've been looking forward to for a long time. It's Arthur's Almost Live, Not Real Music Festival. Oh. Oh. This is... Wow, what a great late... This is almost like a late birthday present from you to me. <laughs> I am excited. And, yeah, all I don't want to reveal all the cards yet, but all I have to say is that the Jordan Taylor episode is going to come right after our next mainline Elwood City Limits episode, and there's a very good reason for that. So get ready. We're going to delve into the world of Arthur music videos the next time you hear from us here on Elwood City Limits with Double Trip Tibble Trouble and Arthur's Almost Live, Not Real Music Festival. Thanks a lot for joining us this week. Glad to be back once again. My name's Will Young, and for Lucas Mancini... I dropped the thing, and it fell, and it hit my foot, and the show came on by accident. Can't wait to talk about some music vids with you next time.